0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of History Plus, where
1: truth is stranger than fiction. I'm going to welcome you now to our amazing guest, everybody. Here's our three panelists, and not to be outdone,
2: our host, Chris. Hello. We are all live in person uh, with each other for the first time on one of these shows, so we're happy about that, and uh, we are going to get started now. Let us finally meet our
0: historians for this week. Up first, we have Carlos. Hello, Carlos. Hello. Hi. Which uh, I looking here? I'm looking there? I'm you're, looking everywhere. You're looking everywhere. Hi, Chris. Hi. It's good to be live and in person. I'm glad you all were able to come all the way up here to
2: Chicago. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. How are you? How do you... How do
0: you greet people when you first see an old friend? Oh, uh, we do it the Chicago way. We say, good eye, mate. Oh,
2: he likes you Chicago. Very good. Second, we have Gina. Welcome, our second historian, Gina. Hi.
3: This is not photoshopped or videoshopped. We are, yep, we are actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <the, the> <laughs> so, hi, everybody. Hi, Gina.
2: So, Gina, how do you greet uh, someone uh, that you just saw, uh, even just like yesterday? That, that's familiar and you know them and you saw them yesterday.
3: Buongiorno. All right. Yeah.
2: Italian, like they do it in is. Chicago. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay.
2: And then our third so historian. For this evening is Darren. Hello, Darren. Hey. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> and, and Darren, uh, we just shook hands. What is another way that you meet someone when you're there in person, and uh, you're going to give them some sort of physical connection for a meeting. Um Much like the Inuit people do. who touch noses and inhale each other's breath. Lovely. That is fantastic. That's it. Probably fantastic. looked it's a- down <laughs> upon by CDC in the current environment, but in 2019, it was very, very good. one way to get shot in Chicago. Oh
0: yeah <laughs> so Well the reason the reason
2: year. that I asked about your greetings to people because tonight's show topic is high. And mm-hmm. for the viewers and people listening on the podcast, uh, the way that this show History Bu works is we give them a topic. Uh, tonight's topic as I just mentioned is high. Uh, and each of our historians are going to come up with some history based inspiration for a story on that topic. Uh, and tonight we have a special treat because we have one other person, to actually two other people in the show. First, before I'm remiss, uh, let me say thank you and introduce again uh, Adam, our amazing tech. Everyone say hello to Adam. Oh, hello, hey guys. Adam. I'm
4: out here. I'm out here. You can't see up. All uh, right. There he, he is. Yes, there we go. Is. Uh,
0: <laughs> And then for
2: tonight for a special treat, we have uh, our judge observer. Let's give up for Alan. Oh, hello. Hello, Alan. Alan is going to be uh, listening to these stories. The He's going to be uh, commenting and questioning uh, the stories that we hear. So, from the yes, secret private sh- studio. And <laughs> it's right in our secret undisclosed location in right in the other room.
1: Undisclosed uh, in this lovely living room.
2: High, and the show works where we have three stories, each of them inspired by the word high. We're going to have historical based stories off of the word high. And we're going to hear in three rounds. The first round is going to be 75 seconds. The second round, 60 seconds. The third round, 45 seconds. Each of them are going to tell their story. Uh, And then we're going to have uh, Alan and some other commentary on each of their stories. We'll go through three different rounds. Each round will get shorter. Um, And at the end, we and you, the good folks in the audience, will determine which of our stories are telling the truth and which one of them are bluffing. And one of them will be bluffing. Uh, Adam, if you would... Would you please put up the rules of the game you got it here they are chris so as the rules state the historians are inspired by the topic tonight's topic is high as i mentioned the true stories are factual based story the bluff story is a fictional story made up and there is no audience help allowed we ask the audience members please do not uh look up anything on the search engine uh do not uh comment in the uh stream if you know something to be uh false or true either way uh, save that for the end because we will have an opportunity at the end for the audience to determine whether they believe one or two or three of the historians in any particular order so with that uh we'll ask adam to take the card down thank you so much and uh as i said we're gonna have three different rounds for this show Uh, Each successive round will be shorter and shorter. Our historians will wrap up their story in the third round. So to begin tonight's show, inspired by the topic pie, we're going to go to Carlos first. Carlos, (laughs) we're going to begin the beginning of round number one.
1: Round number one, did you say? (laughs) I said round number one.
0: Carlos, your round begins. All All right. Hey, everyone
3: uh so- well game over
0: uh so uh, i'm gonna get that time back that time's out to me yep. so talking about high uh you know we're talking about height and some of the tallest things i need to be on my camera some of the tallest <laughs> things in the world are skyscrapers now everyone knows about the one in Dubai or whatever the Baj Khalifa or whatever it's called uh that's not right but I'm talking about some of the buildings in the states here in New York City back in the 20s and the 30s but before we even get started with the buildings we have to talk about some of the guys involved so let's talk about William Van Allen Brooklyn native Born in the late 1880s. His father died when he was a kid. His mother remarried. When he was 16, he started working for an architect, a fairly notable one at that. All right. Uh, so he he attended the Pratt Institute. He studied under Emmanuel Louis Masqueray, which exposed him to the silence of the Beauvoir School of Architecture. <clears throat> Made up your famous fool in The guy knew his stuff.
1: <laughs> at the
0: age of 25, he won the Paris Prize <laughs> All
2: right. So thank you for that. Uh, let's go immediately to Alan. Alan, we're going to give you first crack at some comments on Carlson's story uh, inspired by heights uh, and skyscrapers.
1: Yes, a uh, fascinating story. And, of course, this very well may just be a story that Carlos made up. William Van Alley, his last name is Alley. You know the things that are constructed? Is that right? Can you hear me? Yes. Alan. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, then that's wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he works for a notable architect, Emmanuel Lewis. Isn't that Webster? <laughs> All right. I see where are going, Carlos. Thank you.
2: Okay. All right. Well, uh, Gina, do you have anything to add to Alan's commentary?
3: Well, I find it very, not to Alan's commentary, to Carlos's commentary, if that's okay with you, sir. Okay. Uh, So I think it's interesting that the person who built buildings in New York in the twenties and thirties went to a school called the Pratt school and that it was inspired by um, French, French, somebody in france like um the masquerade and so it sounds very like uh, like plays and theater and crap falling and you probably don't want falling when you're building a building that's all i'm saying it's already
0: it's
2: It's part (laughs) of it and
4: darren uh, any quick comments on carlos's story well you know i I heard you say the these you learn from the stylings of alan and he went in paris in the 30s and i think you're talking about the jazz age and you've got this guy confused with a jazz musician in okay.
2: paris Ooh. okay All right. well we will find out in a little while if carlos is scraping the bottom of the truth barrel with the skyscraper story uh, but it. we're going to go to gina now for her first rendition gina you have 75 seconds uh from the start of the boom you'll have 75 seconds on the clock when adam is ready
3: okay um, you could have said boom he just pointed I took up time okay um this is this is related to high because it has high stakes involved in 1860 there was the Pony Express and that was the best way of getting important documents quickly from one place to another. Today Amazon Prime gets you anything you want usually the next day notwithstanding the supply chain uh, issues that everybody's been having but most of the time you get it the next day but in between, the Pony Express and Amazon Prime. There was another company that was dedicated to getting things all the way around the United States, big or small, where they needed to be for businesses, for civilians, for everybody. They had eight planes and they served 35 cities in the United in the United States, and they were started it was started by a man named Fred Smith. Now, this company was also, just if you remember a previous story where I talked about how much dogs got smallpox vaccinations to um, a hidden place in Alaska, this company was also utilized in getting that over to them to help it, so it ties both of those stories together. And this name that started this company is named Fred Smith. He was accepted into Yale in 1962, and when he had submitted his paper with the idea about his company, he got a C, and nobody was interested. <laughs>
0: All right, well,
2: interesting start to your story there, Gina. Time is up for that. We go to Alan. Alan, any comments or questions for you on Gina's story inspired by high
1: stakes? I just like that uh, the only thing she could come up with high stakes was the Pony Express. <laughs> that's that's where we got the Pony Express from. Thank you, Gina. Okay, that's all I have to say. Okay, You're welcome, Jack. Right.
3: I would just like to tell you to just hold your horses, or ponies, as it were. Uh,
2: Let's go over to Darren. Darren, any comments on his stories? Well, you know, the original name you could
4: come up
3: with. Oh, Frederick. Frederick? Oh,
4: Frederick, he's a German, (laughs) from Prussia.
2: Yes, how did you know? Keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, All right, Carlos, any
0: comments from you? Uh, uh How is high stakes on topic? Everything's high stakes when it comes to history. <laughs> Everything <laughs> worth remembering from a billion years ago is high stakes, or we would be talking about it right now. Well, I would disagree on that. Just to give you the
2: example of the invention of the Post-it note—that uh, was from a mistake, not high stake, a
3: mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: With that, we're going to jump over to Darren. And Darren, you're going to have your first round story. uh, 75 seconds to you, my friend, when you hear the boom. And you have 75 seconds to tell your first round of story.
4: All right. My story this week is about the unusual history behind an American institution. And I'm talking about a magazine, a magazine that's been in print since 1946. And even to this day, he still manages to sell over a million copies per month. Now, I know all of you have definitely seen this magazine if you've ever been to a doctor's office or a dentist's office, or at least before the pandemic, when the government came in with flamethrowers and incinerated all the magazines at doctor's offices. <laughs> all right, admittedly, the flamethrower thing didn't happen, but if you remember doctor's offices, that when they had magazines, there was one magazine that was in every office in America. And I'm talking, of course, about Highlights for Children. <laughs> so <laughs> Highlights for Children was created back in 1946 by a psychologist and elementary education expert, Dr. Gary Myers and his wife, Caroline Myers. And in the 30s, the Myers couple had gained a reputation as experts on education, especially elementary education. And they even toured the country, they gave lectures, they wrote best-selling books. And they had a nationally syndicated newspaper column called. <laughs> okay. Well, time problem because we are out
2: of time for the first round. But we will catch up with you for the conclusion as well as the edition of that story in the second round and the conclusion later. Uh, Alan, uh, let's hear from you on uh, the highlights for children's story.
1: All right. Well, props to Darren for incorporating the word high into his title. Highlights, very nice. Um, Gary Myers and Caroline is about all that I got factually out of that story. Everything else was, uh, we're still waiting on information. So I'm waiting to hear about the timber toes and everything else that was in the magazine. (laughs)
2: Okay. Uh, Carlos, uh, what say you about, uh, the, uh, the highlights for children. story? uh,
0: you know, it's very convenient that this magazine is only for children and none of us are children, so we can't verify it at all. Uh, I'm an adult. I uh, don't go to pediatric offices, so I wouldn't know what magazines they have. Very clever way to hide a lie. Uh oh right. lie. Hide lie. lie. lie.
3: Uh, Gina, what do you, what do you uh, comment on, Darren? His nice joke, highlight. I get it. Okay, I would like to just uh, speak to all the doctors who have offices out there. Um, please put the magazines back. That's all. I'm okay. Done. All right. uh, cool. but, but but to his point, I remember that magazine. I will wait to um, for for judgment to see if he's really telling the truth on what was actually included and all that. I don't know about the people who created it. I I, yeah. ju- I just know I learned about. Um, other dictators uh, and uh, in other countries. I learned about the Leaning Tower of Pisa, Pisa my people, uh, you know, things like that.
0: Okay.
2: So, All right. Interesting. All right. That magazine. Bring back some memories from <laughs> from her visits to doctor's offices. Okay. That is the end of round one, ladies and gentlemen. Now we are moving on to round number two. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, each consecutive round, the rounds get shorter. So in this second round, we are going to be down to 60 seconds per story. So, uh, Adam, are you ready? We are going to start round number two. Round two! And to start us off in round number two, I'm going to go to Gina. And Gina, as you start us off with the second portion of your story inspired by High Stakes.
3: Okay. I'm Fred Smith. Hold, hold, hold. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm start Wait, I'm wait starting. for
0: the timer. Wait for the timer. And Gina, I've got your timer ready.
3: Okay, Um. so uh, Fred Smith went to, he actually was in a fraternity with two future presidential candidates, George Bush and John Kerry. Um, after his term paper, uh, he tried to get funding for his company and nobody was biting. But then a company called C Entrepreneur saw his, um, saw his term paper and liked the idea, but nobody would still give him money. Years later, flashback, forward to 1971. Somebody died in Fred's family. Fred gets a $4 million inheritance. That, coupled with um, enough money and enough interest from C Entrepreneur, helped Fred to be able to actually raise another $91 million dollars. Um, and if you're wondering, that's $720 million today. Um, and his goal uh, was to expand and make a delivery company that had everything in-house, including the transportation, including the boxes, including all of the uh, the uh, postage and things like that. And so he was able to invest into uh, get one of the largest private fleets of planes in America for overnight delivery of business documents and items anywhere in the U.S.
2: No we're up round number two for Gina. Mm-hmm. okay now round uh, three
3: will
2: be good. Alan, uh, what do you think of the uh, uh, the topic that Gina mentioned with the Fred Smith story for round number two?
1: So I'm um, uh, I, I guess we just leaped ahead from the Pony Express now we are talking about Fred Smith and his other company that's unrelated. I don't know. it sounds like just a bunch of delivery services. Um, but he inherited a bunch oh, of money yeah. and apparently he oh, was yes. in a frat with George Bush and John Kerry. I Okay well, Okay. That's... Yes, indeed.
2: Uh, Carlos, uh, any, any comments on, on, on your part?
0: Well, yeah, I have a comment. Whenever you're dealing with, uh, the Pony Express, you're dealing with pornies, which means you're dealing with a lot of horse poo. And, uh, this story has a lot of that horse poo. Again, wow. we're talking about high stakes, and that just gives Gina license to jump from story to story and not stay on topic, whilst me and Darren stay on topic? No, sir. No. Judge, I ask you to chime in right now. I object.
3: I'm a
1: I agree.
0: Question
2: taken. Uh, Darren, what would you like to say about Gina's uh, story? i like
4: say that Gina, actually like wrote on my knee. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the high knee? knee? Yeah, my
1: high
2: knee. No, yeah, <laughs> all right. Again, objection. Objection to that. All right. We, okay. we will uh, put a rule in for future shows. No writing on each other as part of the panelists' uh, collaboration. There. <laughs> so, uh, all right. That was Gina's rendition of round number two. Uh, we are now going to go to Darren, and we're going to pick up on the story of Highlights Magazine. Uh, Darren, your 62nd round number two slot will begin when you see the the timer and you hear the boom.
4: Okay. So before the Myers became nationally known as experts in elementary, they had a little more unusual start to their careers. Uh, Gary and Caroline met at sinus College while Gary was studying for his PhD and Caroline was training to become a teacher. And then they married in 1912. And a couple years later, Gary got his PhD. And then something sort of big happened um, and it was called World War I. You know, the war to end all wars, all that. And, and suddenly the United States is raising their greatest army that they'd ever had up to that time. And they started the draft and they drafted these soldiers and the United States Army found out they had a problem, which was that most of the people they drafted were illiterate because Ah. schools were terrible back then. So to solve their problem, they put out a solicitation looking for experts in elementary education, and Gary and Catherine and Catherine Myers responded to that and worked for the Army.
2: Interesting, interesting indeed. Uh, Alan, what do you think of the crossover from children's magazines? all of a sudden she serves for the army
1: well you know a lot of stuff was born out of war so that's an interesting concept there um i like that they Ah. worked at uh, yes thank you i like that they worked at sinus college apparently they're allergists all of a sudden Uh, your sinus same thing (laughs) don't question the judge
2: (laughs) good thought don't question the judge uh, Carlos, uh, what, what do you have as comments on Darren's round? All
0: right. We all saw uh, that movie uh, with, uh, what's his face? Um, Danny
4: DeVito. No, See Biscuit?
0: no, the movie where the guy, he, you know, he shown his, it's a wonderful life. And we all know in, it's a wonderful life that they have to recycle during the war and they have to save up and they have to ship the boys all the resources we can. So now there's just saying we sent the boys highlight magazines. Come on.
3: Okay. All right. Ooh. Gina, Ooh. Any comments? if I were going to learn to read for the first time, highlights magazine would be fun. Uh so but I don't know because it's just this small little paper thing. How did they ship it and you know get it to the jungles and all of the things that you know I just don't know. I don't know because I know my story is true, it's so yours is um, world 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 have world world world. a 50-50 world chance. World War
4: 1, the jungles of, <laughs> the jungles of
3: Germany. The jungles of Germany. <laughs> well, it could have been a
2: job from Fred Smith. Let's see if we find that out later. Yeah. But for now, we're going to go over to Carlos. In round number two, Carlos, you're going to have your 60-second slot as you see the clock come on screen and you hear the boom and get the point.
0: All right, boom. I'm being intimidated. You, Judge. <laughs> All right, so let's cut to okay, Mr. Van Allen, he was a great architect, blah blah blah. Let's cut to the 20s, late 20s. New York City, it, before the crash, it's undergoing a boom like nothing I've ever seen before. Massive wealth. Manhattan has some of the most valuable property in human history, and when you get valuable property, they want to start building up, they want to start building up. So we cut to Walter Chrysler of the Chrysler Car Company and he buys a plot of land and he wants a monument to himself. Something beautiful. And they get Van Allen to design it because Van Allen was already working on plans for another thing on the plot. So Chrysler's like I want you to make my building I want it to be the tallest building. Van Allen's like we need to make it the tallest building. Now Van Allen had a business partner named Craig Severance and Craig Severance was working Working on the building on 40th Street. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, no, have and, more to come. To come. Now, more to come. All right. But they but, break up.
2: Okay. Uh, Alan, Alan, let's uh, get your commentary uh, with uh, the the Chrysler Severance breakup. Would one of them get some severance
1: package? All right. This is this is uh, fascinating. You got someone by the name of Severance, so we know that's made up. Um also I was wrong about calling him William Van Alley. <laughs> His name's William Van Allen, named after the Van Allen belt that we know from astronomy. So he's just pulling stuff all over. Yes, the Chrysler building does exist. Yes, it was built around the 1920s, but uh sounds like it's a half-lie, half truth. Okay, a half lie, half truth.
0: Uh Gina,
2: do you think that is correct that it's a half-lie?
3: Well, yeah, because um, Chrysler has a car named the Chrysler Seville, which is half of the word of severance. So I think it's half. I'm not really sure. I would like to hear all the the rest of the rounds because well, which is there is only one more of each story, though, because I am reserved. I don't know. I feel like both of them, either of them could be making any of this up. Okay, one
2: of them, or one of you, are indeed bluffing. Anyone? And, of the three let me
3: repeat. I'm not the liar, okay. so we can be right. assured of that. So, Somebody's
2: so. bluffing. So we'll figure that out. Uh, but Darren, any any comments on the uh, on the Van Allen Severance
4: combination? Is, is he is he going <laughs> to tell us next that next story? He built the Dodge Building and the Plymouth Building. Uh, right. Yes, that's I, after, Did I, those
2: have
3: buildings?
2: After he met Joe Empire, built the Empire State. <laughs> yeah. <States>. uh, all, <laughs> all
4: right.
2: right well, let's find it. out because. Uh, okay, really. We have heard from Gina. We have heard from Darren. We have heard from Carlos in round number two, which means now our 60 second slots are moving to the third round where they're going to become 45 seconds. I fast. Adam, would you please take us to round number three? Round three. Okay. We are in round number three now. And- Time got shorter and shorter and shorter, and like a good movie, these stories are getting edited down, uh, hopefully a good movie, to the shortest conclusion. Now we have 45 seconds for each of our panelists to wrap up their stories, and we're going to begin with Darren, he last left off with the Army connection for Highlights Magazine. So Darren, your round three wrap-up is coming up with 45 seconds on the clock. When you see the clock come up and you get the point for the boom, you can begin.
4: So to teach these illiterate soldiers, the Myers turned to cartoons. So, and as a process of doing this, they created two of the most beloved characters in cartoons, characters that are in highlights today. You know, I'm talking about Goofus and Gallant. So if you've read highlights, you remember cartoons like Goofus is noisy when mommy is napping, or Gallant always puts away the dishes. But back then the cartoons were more specific to the task at hand. So they're like, <laughs> stop laughing at <laughs> me. There are things like, do Doofus it. doesn't grease his rifle, or Gallant's rifle never jams. And uh, Doofus is always like Gallant always saves his Gallant always saves his All right, no yeah.
2: trench foot for Gallant. Always a good story in my life, Magazine. So, Gallant, <laughs> would you please give us some comments on the wrap up of Darren's story.
1: I think it was believable until he got into the weeds there. It's talking about greasing people's rifles and such. Ooh. It uh yeah. I I was waiting for the timber toes and I got uh, a bunch of a bunch of goofas says
2: okay. Uh Carlos, <laughs> Yeah, uh, did the uh, and gallant have anything for you?
0: Okay. Goofus rhymes with doofus so I can get why that would be the negative caricature that the army would want. But gallant makes no Like, you're either a doofy officer or you're a gallant officer. It's like, is that the word that they use for their officers in the war? I, I just, that doesn't make any sense. It was the 1910s. Uh, it was certainly was a valiant effort. Oh boy. Oh boy. Was it? Uh, I- and he laughed. He broke during his story. <laughs> he broke.
3: Okay, like Gina, his, in, in his defense, Adam was over there making Google he Faces. and I will say I do I don't remember Goofus and I did read highlights and I did all the things and I don't remember Goofus and Gallant, but I will okay, say yeah, this if if Goofus and Gallant did exist. Everybody freaking hates gallon What a
2: douche. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so,
0: oh, with that <laughs> in mind, we're going
2: to immediately go over to Carlos. Carlos, your third round wrap up of 45 seconds is going to begin when you see the timer come on screen and you hear the boom and get the point, And you can begin.
0: All right, so Van Allen, real name, and it's former business partner, Craig Severance, real name. One's making the Chrysler building. The other one's making the Bank of Manhattan Trust building, along with a dude named Yasuo Matsui. At the end, Van Allen triumphed. How? Because he hid a 185-foot spire Inside, in cross sections, inside the Chrysler, near the top, and then when separate side, oh, I beat you, van Allen, lifted it up like a like a pirate sailor and said, "No, I beat you," but it was short lived, y'all, because foreshadowing a year, not eleven months later, the Empire State Building. Is built so the Chrysler Building literally had less than a year of being the tallest building in the world, and then the Empire State Building, and the and the former New York Governor Smith, and, the, and that's how the Empire State Building was the biggest building for a while. Okay, all right, all right. Highest, highest. Alan, Alan. Uh,
1: yes. Come on screen, please, Alan, and give us your thoughts
2: <laughs> on the skyscraper wars of Manhattan in that I-
1: era. Okay, I love it, Carlos. You, you used uh, Emmanuel Lewis, who's known for being short, and you used it to tell a story about a very tall building. G- props to you. We know where your thought pattern is here. Uh, and then you incorporated some Japanese dude that no one's ever heard of from the 1920s. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Versus just- the Japanese dudes everyone's heard of in the 1920s.
4: <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh, okay, uh, Gina, uh, any thoughts on Carl's conclusion?
3: Well, yes. Um, I always just—I just took a tour of the Empire State Building, and i um, just so you know, because this actually supports his story, but I'm not really sure if it's true or not. But they did put up the Empire State Building in 13 months. Okay. I mean, so if they started it to beat these other people, they did it fast. Okay.
4: Ooh. Uh, Darren, any, any comments? A lot of people did die. So you're telling me I'm supposed to walk around Manhattan thinking about? All of these hidden erections <laughs> from the 30s. Doesn't
3: everybody?
2: Spires. They were. they're were called spires.
4: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the names of all the clubs. Okay. Erections, spire, whatever.
3: I can tell uh, you when you're looking up at all of them, you can't really tell the difference.
0: Just gotta take a look at the Viagra
2: building. <laughs> oh, that's coming soon. That's coming soon. Gina, we're going to go to you and okay. uh, you are going to give us your forty-five second wrap up for round number three, okay. your story inspired by high stakes with high the Pony express, Dr. Fred Smith, and you get to begin when you see the okay. clock come on, hear the boom.
3: Okay okay so um so years passed but he was awful and he bought all these buildings and he had a lot of debt so things were getting worse and worse and Fred Smith's company was down to his last five thousand dollars so he went to try to get some more money couldn't get it so he decided to hop a plane to Vegas and there he bet his money on a high-stakes game of blackjack and he won 27 thousand dollars enough to pay the fuel bill because uh, gas prices were rising in the 70s and then because of that he was able to get other people to invest another 10 million dollars And that company has a hidden arrow in the logo. They changed their name. It was all about looking forward to the largest cargo fleet in the world, delivering more than $1.2 billion packages in 220 countries per year. After 50 years, Fred Smith is finally stepping down as the CEO after running the company and owning Fred X. And he likes to tell people absolutely positively, no business, no business school graduate would ever recommend gambling as a financial strategy but sometimes it pays to be a little crazy early in your career.
2: Okay, Gina. Well, just real quick I want to point out a comment from Jude on uh, Darren's uh story. It said the Darren just mistake highlights magazine for High Times magazine. Uh quite possibly in <laughs>
0: They've
2: both been in be doctors' offices, depending on which doctor you go to. Uh, Alan, would you come on, please, and give us your thoughts on Gina's conclusion of that uh, tale of Fred Smith and FedEx?
1: Oh, I thought it was fascinating that she started incorporating buildings into her story, clearly inspired by Carlos's story about buildings, and then it became dramatic at the end. She held out the revelation that it was FedEx. I was kind of assuming this was going to be a FedEx story, so maybe I'll maybe I'll give her some credence for that one. Okay. All right.
2: Uh, Darren, what's your thoughts on Gina's
4: conclusion? Absolutely positively
1: BS.
2: (laughs) Well said. And Carlos, would you wrap up your thoughts?
0: Are we supposed to believe that the Pony Express somehow (laughs) eventually became FedEx? Uh, They are intertwined and connected because of the high stakes Pony Express leading to a high stakes game of poker leading to the guy that invented FedEx. Like Alan just pointed out, she Kaiser shows eight elements from my story, because her story is a lie. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hello, Next, we're, we're
4: going to hear horses can fly airplanes. Well, he tried. This, this, sorry,
2: <laughs> folks. We are now at the point of the show where we have heard all three rounds from all three panelists. And we need to determine which one of our panelists are bluffing. So I'm going to ask the folks watching to put in the comments who they think might be tonight's bluff, and Alan, I'm going to come to you and get your thought uh, uh, on who do you think is the bluff?
1: Okay, um, you know, I think Darren's story seems pretty feasible. I I, I like the the World War One backing and that that has an educational backing for Highlights Magazine. Uh, Gino, while we poked a lot of fun at her story. It does seem to be, you know, uh, FedEx. I don't know. The gambling story seems a little far-fetched, but at the same time, people have people have pulled uh, stuff out of the fire before. Uh, I'm still hung up on Carlos and his Emanuel Lewis story about being a very tall building in the middle of New York City. So that's I'm going to say Carlos is the bluffer.
2: All right. Al I'll go with Carlos. Uh, Carlos, would you like to wager uh, a bet on uh, which one of your two compatriots are
0: the bluffer? Uh, yeah, a billion, oh, no, $27,000 <laughs> that it's Gina. Oh, She's yeah. the bluff. All right. Uh, Gina, who
2: do you think is the bluff?
3: I bet $5,000 that it's me. <laughs> <laughs> do I get money of no, it? Work? No. no. Okay. Oh, okay. Then I take it back. Okay. So I think that maybe it is Carlos, and here's why. And the only reason is because Myers Briggs does um, psychological evaluations and personality tests. And if that's the same Myers, then that scans. But if it doesn't, yours scans because they just did tours of a lot of a lot of big buildings. So I do still, I res, I still vote for me. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Unprecedented
2: I guess. vote for herself as a bloke. Uh, Darren, who do you think is love bluff? I mean, I might as well make it unanimous and vote on Gina. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we have uh, Alan is, is thinking that Carlos is the bluff, and amazingly all three of our palettes <laughs> think that Gina is bluff. She's allowed to vote for herself as long as she doesn't do it in the form of confession. That's part of the rules that we didn't talk about at the top of the show, and it's actually uh, just something I just added. But um, only Adam knows who actually is the bluff. So, um, mm-hmm. We didn't get anyone chiming in from the audience so far on uh, comments of who might be the bluff. So.
3: Hey, dude. Hey, hey, hey dude. Tina, oh
2: that's, uh, that's, the, that's the show for another night. That's <laughs> the inspired by people. Uh, but uh, Adam, would you please let us know who tonight's bluff could be? All
0: right. I'm going to take it over from here, Chris. Here are our contestants and we want to know who The Bluff was. Could it have been Darren? Or could it have been Gina? Or was it Carlos? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I happen to know who it was. Oh, geez, if I can get this going right. Her bluff tonight, it was-
2: But you were wrong. I was wrong. So uh Alan, what's your thought now that you know that it was Darren making this
1: up? I'm in good company because everyone voted for someone who wasn't Darren. <laughs>
2: That's right. That's, That's correct. Uh, all right. Well thank you so much, everyone. Let's give a special thank you to Alan for being our observer judge this evening. Uh, once again, give a huge thank you to oh. everyone watching on uh, YouTube and Shurard. and for those listening on the podcast. Uh, we are here every week and we'll get to that in a second. But thank you to Adam, our amazing tech. And once again, let's thank our panelists, Carlos, Gina, and Darren. Thank you, historians, for joining us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chris. I've been your host and we will be back.